What's up, everybody? Welcome to In Love with Horror, your destination for all things horror. I'm AJ. And I'm Christy. And today, y'all, we'll be talking about True Detective Night Country. Now, uh, you know, last weekend was the first episode, part one of this series. Uh, do you remember how many episodes I said they're going to have? Six, I believe. Okay. Yes, yeah, so about a six-part series. Uh, which is a little bit shorter than the other seasons, but... Uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, that first episode, along with, uh, you know, the series as a whole. What I mean by that is we're going to be talking about, like, the characters, kind of like how the season is being set up. We might even talk about the, the, the next episode. Episode two is dropping tomorrow and our thoughts on that. We're also going to talk about some linkage that we've that we've noticed. And um, mainly you, you've done a lot of research on this, uh, uh, linking back to the first seasons, we'll be mm-hmm. talking about some of that linkage too. And then some like outside things that also influence uh, the series as well. Like There's going to be references to like Edgar Allan Poe that you had looked up, things like that. So y'all, this will be a very interesting discussion all about True Detective Night Country and what's within it, what's influencing on the outside. There's everything True Detective Night Country, y'all. So make sure y'all stay tuned because this will be a fantastic episode. Before we jump into the details uh, of this particular podcast episode, we wanted to start with a kickoff question. So the creator of True Detective Night Country had mentioned that she was inspired by a story of, um, or I guess, a mysterious disappearance of the crew of a ship. Like they just like up and vanished. And that influenced a lot of the things within um, the Night Country series. And so we want to start with a kickoff question of, is there, you know, anything uh, like a real life mystery that uh, that haunts us? And then for our viewers that might still haunt you. So I'll start with you, babe. Well, like what's a real life mystery um, that still, you know, you know, might keep you up sometimes or like you think about now and again? What's 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 your mystery? OK, so uh, for me, it would be the story of Elisa Lamb, who, you know, went missing at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. And they later like recovered her body in one of those uh, the water water things. tower things, yep. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a very like creepy thing. Like I I can't watch the videos, but like in the videos, and I mentioned it to you, you said you don't remember remember them. But in the video, mm-hmm. she was like in this elevator, and she was like moving very weirdly, and yep. there was moments where she was like picking her head out into the elevator where it seemed like there was like maybe someone out in the hall mm-hmm. and people thought that, you know, maybe she's playing the elevator game or something. She right. saw something or whatever, but the footage from that is what really creeps me out. And then also like what happened to her, like no one seems to know what happened to her, like how she ended up in the water tower. So yeah, that's like a super creepy story. That's still like messes with me in the back of my head sometimes. Right. Yeah. No, that is, that was a very creepy. It was hundred percent was creepy. Uh, especially, I, you know, still unsolved. I know Netflix did a documentary yeah. on that. I don't think we, either one of us actually watched that. But I, I'm de- I don't think there's that. ever been an actual <laughs> good conclusion yeah. or, or you know, closure to that particular case. So, yeah, I can see why that would be a mystery <laughs> that haunts you. Uh, for me, uh, it's all about aliens. <laughs> and so it's not one particular mystery with the aliens, but I'm bringing it up because, you know, lately there's actually been a lot of like 
discussions about like UAPs and UFOs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like there's actually been like congressional hearings and stuff like that in regards yeah, that's to super wild. UFOs. And, you know, all these people have come out, you know, talking about like, you know, like legitimate people, uh, you know, like ex uh, Air Force people or current Air Force intelligence people, uh, politicians who have come out um, and actually have spoken like, you know, they can't tell everything, but like a like there's actually some like programs, some private companies out there who've got, you know, technologies and there's just a lot of things that the public is unaware about. And it's happening. It's happening all around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So that right there is a mystery that kind of haunts me more, more so because of the unknown. Like I'm one of those people that wants to believe, right? Like that there's aliens, there's UFOs. (laughs) I really do believe that there are. Right. Um, And now that we've just gotten so much more legitimate information about it, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we're right at the cusp of getting like, maybe not a full reveal, but getting pretty close now that like people are actually out there like talking about it and discussing it. And there's like a lot of like podcasts about it now. Yeah. Um, and I like I'd be in the car listening to that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, it's very interesting right now. So that's a mystery for me. That it's, and honestly, like I would love to see, you know, more series or movies or whatever based on, um, you know, this current like mystery, like and the unraveling of the mystery, like with UFOs and like what it means to society. Like, I want to see more content. Uh, like that i'm actually going back and watching american horror story right now and i'm in the double feature season and i and you know there was a while where i kind of stepped away from american horror story not because i didn't like it there's just so much shit to watch that sometimes you lose track of stuff mm-hmm. but i'm watching double feature right now and the second half of that season it's about aliens it's about aliens mm-hmm. and i was like oh shit i didn't I, even know that i know you're like, enjoying that oh man i was hyped so i've been watching <laughs> that but it's all about aliens for me man like i love you know alien movies and you know content and all these new stories so the the current mystery of that is super intriguing and you know that's the one i guess that haunts me gotcha yeah but for our viewers and listeners what is a real life mystery that haunts you let us know down uh, in the comments so if you're listening on spotify you can go over there and answer the question on the spotify platform as well but what's a real life mystery that's still haunting you now let's talk about true detective night country starting off with like the details of this series so of course it's directed by uh isa lopez who's one of the uh, she's also like the writer of this uh, season, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, of course, the True Detective as a whole was always created by, uh, what's the dude's name? Nick, Nick something. Nick Pizzolatto or yeah. something but like she's that. she's actually attributed as creator of this whole thing because it's called Night Country. Like she changed the name to True Detective Night Country. So she's labeled as creator and writer and director. Okay. But yes, the whole- Like True Detective true label. Itself, yes. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. Pizzolatto's, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, it's his kind of his baby. Um, but as far as the, at least the main, the two main uh, protagonists that we're following is uh, Jodie Foster's character and uh, Callie uh, Reese's character. And the basic synopsis for uh, Night Country is two detectives are brought together while investigating the men who disappeared from a local Arctic research station. And that's basically like where the story begins. And, yeah. you know, the mysteries and everything start to unravel from there. Now, with that, now we got the kind of, you know, basic series details out the way. We'll jump into... Kind of like the, you know, diving into the lore and just talking about all the interesting things surrounding uh, the show in episode one. So I'm actually going to pass it off to you, babe, because you've done, you know, 
you falling you went down the rabbit I hole essentially. did only like, because I did not expect to enjoy this episode as much as I did yeah. like I remember season one as far as like watching it along with you and being interested in the you know mystery and unraveling of the mm-hmm. story and stuff like that but I did not watch season two or three right. but you watched season I watched both of them. you I watched, watched both all of them, them. I watched right. all seasons yeah but also like just the rumblings around it, you know, people did not really like season two and three as much as season one. It was a much stronger season. Um, but yeah, I kind of like briefly peeked in on a couple of the episodes that you watched, but mm-hmm. I was in no way interested. And he kind of like wrote me into watching this season too. Yeah, I basically he was forced like, her, y'all. Yeah, like, he was like, you're going to watch you to watch, this watch this season three. <laughs> I tried to get you to watch season three because <laughs> yes, I was like, did. it was like Marshall Ali, saw yeah. a black detective. Like, yeah. There, and there's actually a lot of cool things that uh, in that season three that talk about like, you know, you know, black people and being on the police force. It's mm-hmm. it's always subtle, but yeah. it's always there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of, and the way they play with time and things, like, I actually really like the season a lot. Uh, um, even season two, I thought was good. Obviously, season one is really strong, mm-hmm. but I'm not in the camp of uh, two and especially three being way lesser. Like, well, season three was really strong. I assume really that strong. now that I know that what season three is about, now I kind of understand why people probably said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he, he actually says that sometimes. He actually mentions in the show, like, he's like, because his partner is a white detective. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, why don't you say something? Like, no, no, I can listen to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And then it's, it's Mahershal Ali. So, like, his yeah. performance is incredible. Always. Honestly. And he's playing a young version of himself, middle-aged and old version. Yeah. And he kills it. Like, yeah. That shit is so good. But well, I'll have to check it out. But, but yes, either I, way, she, I forced he wrote her. Me, yes. I was like, you gonna watch this episode <laughs> of Night Country tonight with me. Uh, and now look, you, I know. you hooked on the show. I'm super hooked. Like, yeah. it was so intriguing. Like, for instantly, I was like, I didn't even let on to you, I don't think, while we were watching it, how invested I was. Because he didn't want to admit, he didn't want to admit that I, that I was right. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is good so uh, good it was so good okay mm-hmm. but anyways it's been 10 years since the season one um aired of the original you know true detective show dang that just came out in 2014 10 years ago wow. it's been crazy and That's then there was insane. a break between season three and then this season mm-hmm. um but they really wanted to bring the bring it back and um i listened to Issa lopez on the companion podcast that mm-hmm. hbo has for this show and she talked about how um when they reached out to her she was like absolutely like i can definitely take this story like take a story yeah. bring it to life through true detective's eyes basically mm-hmm. and so i'm so glad that she did because this shit's hard. Like it this is. first season, I mean, first episode was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, if you are a fan of season one, I think you will be a fan of this season. Like there's a lot of things that tie together. Um, they're very subtle. Yes. And then obviously you have things that are different, right? So you have these two male detectives in the first season. And then yep. this season you have these two female detectives. Yep. And let me just tell y'all, so many people out here was like, calling it woke and like they, they don't want to watch it woke. anymore because of all the different issues that kind of arise during the mm-hmm. season during the episode and then the fact that these are women and then you have this group of researchers who are all men and they're all gone you know so it's like mm. oh this is such a woke episode and then some other stuff we'll there talk a, about a little bit a later detective in season two um but yeah, it was Rachel, <laughs> we'll, Rachel McGann. We'll talk yeah. about some of the other small things that <laughs> stood out to you. But um, so in the very beginning, oh, you didn't get it. I meant to get it. But there's a quote that comes on the screen in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like 
attributes to the darkness. And right after that, we have these caribou there who's being who are being hunted at the time. And yep. then it starts to get dark. It tells you when it comes on, it's December 17th before you know it goes dark. Mm-hmm. And they go leaping off the off a cliff just yep. randomly. Like they like sniff the air, like something's going on. And then, off. Right. And then they just charge for this cliff and they go off the yep. edge. And if you tie that to the quote, it's kind of like, okay, things are about to get crazy because it's about to be dark. Right. And also like just in pure common sense, like when it's dark, you can't really see mm-hmm. very well. And so your mind can sometimes play tricks on you yep. and whatnot. So that's kind of like- are hidden, you know. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, but yes, also that quote, the name, the guy's name is Castine. He's not a real person, mm-hmm. but that character was in um, a book or journal that the detectives rest in. Um, what's the other guy's know. name? Okay. Well, the detectives from season one uh, were following called the Yellow King mm-hmm. cult. Okay. So those things kind of connect with each other. And there's some other callbacks, like when they come into the... Um, the base, the yeah. they were drinking beer. It was Lone Star beer. That's the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you'll see like this spiral symbol periodically that also is connected to the first season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the opening credits, which I thought were really, really cool. I always like when people do when shows do this, like give you clues of the show. Yeah. In the opening credits. And this is the same case here. So you get little pieces that you probably don't realize are, you know, important right off the bat because this is the first episode. But at the end of each of the credits, they're going to be like images that kind of point to what's about to happen. That's cool. And in this particular case, the ending scene of that opening credit is just like an image of the base. Oh, okay. Because right away when we start the episode, there are these people, this group of People, they're doing regular stuff like laundry, mm-hmm. eating, making a sandwich, making a TikTok or whatever. Yep. And then stuff kind of goes left where this one character is like coming in from the snow and he's like shaking and he goes, she's awake. Yeah. And then that's kind of where things kind of shift. Yeah. It's very funny that I personally didn't. I don't think I thought that there was going to be any kind of like supernaturalish stuff involved yeah. in this but then it kind of takes that takes that route yeah and you know i was thinking too it could not be supernatural as well well obviously yeah mm-hmm. um like it mean literally we'll she's awake <laughs> talk a little bit later about that but yeah there are some people because I, I watched a s ton of like videos about yeah. the episode and what people thought about it just to get some different perspectives on it and some people were like oh there's plenty of explanations for what's happening here mm-hmm. and yeah that's true and i believe that but just because of the different things that kind of connect the first season to this season i feel like there is some kind of like a cultic type of background right yep. that's just my own personal feelings but anyway so the research group that is missing they're from this company called Salal, mm-hmm. which is a Hebrew ro- Hebrew word that means like to go dark. Okay. And also, if you guys are fans of Edgar Allan Poe, like I am, <laughs> there's a book about about Arthur Pym, Prim, and that word is also in there. It's actually an island where there's like these cannibalistic alien type creatures that lived mm-hmm. on this island. 
So obviously the creator of this show has done a lot of research. Because she's got like, like all these different pieces yeah. to build this like mysterious event. And I think she did a really good job of like creating that. Mm. And then the fact that it's like the atmosphere itself is like really unsettling and it's dark. Yeah. It's cold. You know, so it's like I kind of reminded me of like the thing, yeah. 30 days of night a little bit, like aside from the creatures, but just the fact that, you know, it goes dark. The atmosphere particular of it. Yeah. yeah. And anything could happen in the dark. Yep. All right. So we have these missing researchers and Liz is our main like detective. That's mm-hmm. the one that's being played by Jodie Foster. And then um, Kaylee Reese, her Navarro, she's another detective, but she doesn't really come into play immediately. So Liz comes in and she realizes that it's been days since these researchers have gone missing. Um, it does tell us the date on the screen. It does say December 20th. So we know it's been like three days. Yeah. Um, when she investigates the area, you can kind of tell like she's very thoughtful, but it's like internal. Like you yeah. don't really know, catch what she sees immediately, but she's yeah. taking everything in. Yeah. And then we kind of meet these other characters as well. So it's Liz and then her like, I guess her second in command would be Hank. And then his son, who's kind of like a a deputy, I guess, Mm -hmm. Peter. So they're all, you can kind of get a sense of their personalities, their demeanors, and maybe even a little insight into their background too. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot just in that, in that scene in the facility. Yes. Like you could tell that like maybe Hank is like a a slacker a little bit. A slacker. Like he got other, he got other places he'd rather be right now. I think she even tells, uh, what's his name? Peter. Like, oh, well, Hey, can you do this for me? Cause your dad's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Dad was like, oh no, I I got it. (laughs) So you kind of, you know, there's a lot of small details Mm -hmm. within just these simple conversations and stuff like that. Exactly. And then while they're there kind of like investigating, um, there's a tongue that was mm-hmm. found on the floor and um, she identifies this tongue as being like an indigenous person's tongue just by the lines, the, little lines. the, fish, the fish line on the tongue. Yeah. yeah. And so later on, we kind of figure out that it might possibly belong to a victim named Annie Kotalk who went missing her body went, well, she didn't go missing. She got murdered like six years prior to the events that are happening right now. And she was found without her tongue. So that's why they assume that it's probably hers. Um, But yeah, so she- That's like the setup. Yeah, that's all Mm -hmm. like the setup to all that. And that's how we also kind of meet Kaylee's character, uh, Evangeline Evangeline Navarro, because she worked on Annie's case. And she's like- super gung-ho she really wants to solve it because she never was able to and she's not even a detective anymore now she's like a state trooper type thing yep and does like you know random calls throughout the day so um she kind of shows up and she's like asking liz like is this her tongue type of thing Mm -hmm. and they have like some resistance too so like uh, there's obviously there's some kind of like issues between the two of them but um yeah so those are our main characters we have liz um, Navarro, Hank, Peter, and then obviously Annie, even though she's no longer alive, but the basic stories. Just like a story to tell. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, if, what's the name of Angeline? She is like, I don't know. What did you think about her character? I feel like she was just like, 
I don't know, overpowering. Like she was just really like. Yeah, she's a very like uh, angry. Yeah, she's a very like she's one. She's going through the motions. Two, she's very like angry. Yeah, she's she is very going through the motions. Yeah, abrasive and dominant and aggressive, mm-hmm. and um, and it's because of the different things that have happened in her life. You yeah. know, the different losses that she's experienced, probably the different you know prejudice and racism that she's experienced, mm-hmm. uh, being removed as a detective. So she's very much kind of like has this vibe of like being mad at everything um, and just having this very like, you know, dominant type of personality, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, But obviously you can tell by how desperately she wants to close that case that she also has like deep in there, like a softer exterior for uh, people who, um, you, you know, have been dealt in injustice and you know what I'm saying? So she's very much about, she is like when it opens up, she's like, Coming, answering a call where this dude like hit his girlfriend at work mm-hmm. and she basically kicks his ass because yep. of how he acted. And then later on, she runs across him out and about and she yep. pours like beer into his yep. gas tank. So, yeah, she's definitely all about like protecting women. Yeah, yeah. Um, She has a sister who has like mental health issues. Yep. And I feel like though her mother probably also had mental health issues because her sister said something like, I don't want to be like mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so she's definitely all about like that protector type of role. Yeah. Protect people who can't really protect themselves. Exactly. And she's trying to like shield them from their circumstances or their abusers or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is that's like oppressing them. She's trying to be, yeah. you know, that person to, you know, shield, you know people who have been in a similar position to obviously her. I'm sure we'll get yeah. more backstory about Oh her. yeah, for sure. I'm sure she seems like she's dealt with a lot of things in her life. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And also Liz as well, um, which mm-hmm. I think is what they are much, they're more alike than they are different, but yeah. they don't realize that. Because they're both very that. like a, abrasive, aggressive yeah. type of people. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they, they match in that capacity. <laughs> they do. Even the different like insults that they kind they of shoot each at, other. They, sh- they shoot at each other all the time. You yes. Know what I'm yeah. So yeah, they definitely are very similar. And she also seems to have like a traumatic backstory as well. Like we don't get full disclosure, but we have little bitty pieces that kind of point to like something traumatic happened where maybe she lost like her husband or her child's father as mm-hmm. lo- lo- also her child. Um, she has like this girl who she's looking after. Yes. We're clear that that's not her daughter, but we don't know exactly how that relationship formed. But if I had to assume and guess off the, what we've been given, I'm going to assume that this is like her significant other's child and right, he yep. passed away and along with She felt their, responsible. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now she's looking after her. Oh. And she's also had a, a child because um, she has like this stuffed animal toy, like a the bear. polar bear. Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment where she hears that she's awake and you see like a baby, like a little kid's hand touching her shoulder in the night. So she also has like traumatic backstory as well. So like I said, they're very much more like than they they attribute to themselves to be. Um, But yeah, so then Hank, uh, his ass is hiding something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, got, he's got all those case files uh, locked up in his house. In his and house. then Annie's in particular wasn't just out. It no. was in that cabinet. It was like hidden, hidden away. away. So yeah. He knows something or either he was involved or he helped, you know, hide Cover some something right? up. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe it's for he somebody gives he me knew. that vibe. It could have been somebody he knew personally, like where he's like, oh, shoot, like I'm going to help. 
Right. And we kind of get a little bit of insight into these people within this town, right? They're all got to be connected in some kind of way. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, um, Liz arrested this woman, Stacy, because she was driving drunk and she was hysterical. I thought she was funny, though. But when she arrested her, she was like, oh, they're effing, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> this um Hank and her had some kind of sexual oh, relationship. That's right. Yeah, because she did say, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine like you were saying, like, whomever might have done something to this girl, he probably did know them. Yeah, you know, this is did. a small town. Yeah. These people all have relationships with each other in some yep. kind of way. Like when the when that happened, when Stacy hit the pole, the people in the window were like, Stacy's ass, like they already, yeah, they already knew, knew who it was. Yeah. So obviously these people all are connected and intertwined in some kind of way. So mm-hmm. someone knows what happened to to Annie. And like you said, he's probably just covering up for whomever it was. Yeah, and I think it. also in that scene too, it was good because uh it seemed like that's it might have been like a drunk driving incident mm-hmm. that was involved like her husband and son. Because she was like in that particular moment, she was like real aggressive and like yeah. she, mean she, like she called her she like a bitch her, and yeah. all this shit like, she didn't play no gangers with right Stacey, so yes. yeah because she even had and then there was that brief like flash moment where you see like a like a kid's shoe there was something some kind of it scene like, like that, that. Mm-hmm. so in that moment she had a flashback and that caused her to be even more pissed like the fact that she's driving drunk because mm-hmm. she went ham on her ass she really bro, did. in that moment yeah she served her ass on a platter yeah <laughs> But yeah, so, and he's also, like you were saying earlier, he seems like he's got other things on his mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he apparently has like this Russian mail order bride on the way, you yeah, know? Yeah, that was weird. Yep. It is very weird, but he's like preparing his house for her to come and yep. he's painting his room like a weird blue color. Yeah. But yeah, so I think his mind is on this this woman that he found online who's going to be moving there, that he's going to be marrying. Yep. Um, And then Peter, the son... I thought he's, I find him very interesting to me. Like, I feel like the other characters, you can kind of see all their cards laid out, but mm-hmm. I think Peter is a little bit different um, to me. So like mm-hmm. he comes across as what, I don't know how to put it into words, but okay. So first of all, he has, he's kind of like in the middle between Liz and Hank, right? Yep. Like she gets him to go steal the files from yeah. From his dad. He does it. Yeah. But he doesn't want to get in trouble either. He doesn't want to get caught. Like he doesn't want to have any kind of resistance with him and his dad. But he seems so eager to please Liz too at the well, same that's, time. That's what I was gonna say. It seems to me like Peter, like, you know, like he wants to be like Liz, right? He, she's he does. she's like in like a role model for him of like a good, you know, police officer, a good law enforcement yes. person. He's like, Man, I wanna be like her. Like I wanna help people solve cases. And I think Hank feel some type of way about that. Right, because he's not looking at his own dad the same way. Now, we've already mentioned Annie Kotok, who is our murder victim from six years previously. Yep. And whom we're assuming this tongue that they found at the base belongs to. Yep. So uh, just a little bit of information that came from the episode about her is that she was like very uh, loud and protesting against different things that were happening in the town of Ennis. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things was that she was protesting against the mines. Yep. And And it's like a mining town. It's a mining town. It's a big central part of the town. Yes. And even her brother, who um, Navarro goes to see because Mm -hmm. she's kind of like updating him. Mm -hmm. 
And he seems to be like, you know, trying to move on. Like he doesn't really want to rehash it or bring it back up. Right. But he's also a minor. And he talks about how like there was that, um, I guess, an issue between him and her and his sister because he felt as though, hey, if you get rid of the mind, you basically get rid of Ennis because that's what what we all need in order to make money to mm-hmm. survive. You get rid of the roads. Like there's no purpose of our town if you take away the mines. Right. Um, but yeah, so she was protesting that very like proudly. Um, there's other stuff involved like water, like protecting the water and mm-hmm. you know their land and stuff like that because she found that the feel like the mines was was ruining, you know, what made their that area of Alaska special. Right. Um, and then we got a little bit of that into in the opening credits because like there's like the protesting signs and then right. like there's a, there was like a drawing like protect the the wildlife and the water. Um, yeah. It's like a poster or something like that. But yeah, so um, her, Liz herself felt as though there's no way that we could actually find the person who did this or the people who did this because she felt like it was the town itself. Right. Um. And you know, throughout the 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 show, the way they talk about Ennis, it's almost like a person, like a character of yeah, its own. Yeah, they do. They they do mention it like a, like it's a right, like it's another character. Exactly. Yeah. So she says, Liz says, Ennis killed Annie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the brutality of her death was was a big part of that too. Like I was right. like, dang, they really went in. Um, Navarro pointed that out when they had like their little disagreement near the. The end yeah, of like the how episode. Personal, how personal it felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it stuff. wasn't like, oh, they like, you know, killed her, like with the, like shot her or, and left her body or mm-hmm. whatever. Like she was really like brutalized. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that they cut off her tongue, which, you know, we kind of know it's like silencing, silencing her. Yep. So, yeah, like that was. keep quiet. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Symbolic it up. Um, and then we have Rose, who's kind of like a wild card to me, I guess, in the episode because everyone else seems like pretty normal, but she's like, um, she's obviously a, like a spiritual. To me, she comes off as like a spiritual seer, mm-hmm. very um, rooted in like the culture of the area. Yep. And so when we meet her in the episode, she's literally like gutting a wolf. And I'm like, she she must be pretty hardcore. Cause I'm, to me, it's was like, it a wolf she was getting? I can't remember. Yeah, it was a wolf. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, she's and then she sees this guy named Travis. Like, mm-hmm. he looks weird, and you don't really know he's. You kind of guess he's dead, but you don't really know he's dead until the end of the episode. She follows Travis. Um, he like leads her out into yeah. the ice, and. She finds the bodies. She discovers, well, we see three bodies of um, the researchers. And when, you know, Liz and Navarro arrive, she's like, I, oh, how did you find? She asked, Navarro asked her how she found it. And she said, Travis told me. She's like, Travis is mm-hmm. dead. And she's like, I know. <laughs> she just walks away. Right. It's like, to, to her, it's normal. Yeah. Like, I think even when she saw him, she was like, and then she said, like, she was like, like hello, talking. Travis. Yeah. Like, hey, Travis. Like, 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 it's completely like normal that <laughs> like she's seeing the ghost. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, so far, anyways, I like her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, if you watch the trailer, um, she's going to be, or even at the end of the episode, they kind of like gave us some little snippet of what's to come. But she seems like she's going to have, we're going to get more of her mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe how she's seeing these things. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing more about that because uh, a lot of people are like, 
oh, she's not, it's all in her head. She's not really seeing like a dead person right. or whatever. I'm like, well, how do you know? <laughs> and then how did she find those bodies? How did she find the bodies? Yep. You know, everyone else had all of these like explanations for everything. But I'm like, how does that part make sense? How does that fit like right. a scientific explanation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, one, oh, well, let me say this. Yeah. One of the things that people said is that Time back to the whole dark thing and like you're seeing things that are not really there. So that's probably why she saw Travis. But like I said, it doesn't explain how she was led to the to the bodies. Okay. To me. Right. Yeah. Anyways, um, so when they do find the bodies, they're like buried, buried in the snow. They're not yeah, they're like pretty deep. Like a you know, I'm, well, three days is a long time for snow to build up. So I mean I guess that that part makes sense. Well, no. Not that's a that was like up to here. Yeah, but it looked like it'd be it blizzard in, in there. Ice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, oh, it was in ice. Yeah. I thought it was just covered in snow. I didn't know it was like beneath the ice. Oh no, it's beneath the ice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think someone did one of those, uh, you know, where they like freeze everything in the like frame. The breakdown videos. Yeah, and then there's like a uh, chainsaw that's like a little bit off ways, and it's like barely in the ice. It's like this much of the chainsaw mm-hmm. in the ice relative to their hope, you know, their bodies. So it's like okay. near where they are, but it's only this little bit that's in the ice. So okay. they're trying to say, you know, they had to be pretty deep in there. But also, interesting. Um, if you look at the, okay, you know, the, at the end of the episode where they show you what's to come, yep. and you kind of see a little bit of the bodies, it looks like a chunk of ice that they're that they are frozen into. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought they were just frozen together because they were just out in the snow. Like. Right. I don't know. They maybe got buried within the ice. Like they actually took the chainsaw, cut out a section of the ice, and put them in there. Or mm. you know, I don't. know. That's what it sounds like. If you got a chainsaw, that, I guess that whatever. could be. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. I guess we'll f- hopefully find out some more information of at least how they might have ended up inside of the ice. Right. Um, now, I did want to uh, point out that, you know, back in the opening scenes, like if you look in the opening uh, sequence, like the opening credits, mm-hmm. like uh, they do focus a lot of stuff under the ice. Okay. Um, And then also the drowning. I'm not really sure how that comes into play, but that could also be something that comes up later like um in the opening credits like someone's in like a police uniform and they're mm-hmm. like drowning or they seem like to being be drowning lost in water like or lost like in that. water okay. right yeah. yeah so i guess we'll see it's a, it's a lot of different moving pieces yeah right now it's yeah. is it only got we got little crumbs crumbs so we can only really guess guess at this <laughs> point but you know with hopefully, hopefully with episode 2 we'll get a little bit more and be yeah. able to like that's why. That's why I think these these types of shows are cool. They are. You're getting little bits and pieces every time. Every time you're building out the puzzle, mm-hmm. like as it goes along, and you're learning as the characters are learning. It's just a. It's just a fun, like really engaging watching. Experience. Yeah, and then yeah. everyone has their different conversations. Like yeah. you know, a lot of the different things that I I would have had learned just watching different various videos and also reading comments on different videos right. of people having totally different perspectives of the people who were in the videos too. Like it's really good conversations that yep. grow out of that, you know, just theorizing thing. I think that's very interesting yeah. too. Um, but yeah, so what are your theories for um, what, what could have happened to the researchers or maybe how the researchers disappearance ties in with Annie's death or, do yeah, I don't. Theories? I don't really have any concrete stuff. Like, 
you know, obviously I feel like, uh, like there's some sort of, there's either, it can't be Annie herself, right? Because I think this show is like teasing supernatural stuff. Absolutely. But yeah. I don't think it's actually supernatural yeah. stuff. So I think that like, you know, someone is getting like vengeance for Annie. So they're taking out anyone who's connected to it and, mm. you know, playing it into oh, that's this cool. supernatural spiritual aspect yeah. and making it, you know, obviously I think some people really are connected, right? Like Rose, I think is really seeing like Travis for yeah. real. But I think that's like, those are like isolate instances. I don't think it's like a blanket supernatural thing right. that happens to everybody. everybody yeah. You know, at least that's, it just seems that way right now. I mean, that, that could definitely change, but, um, but I think right now I'm going to hold on to, hold on to the idea that it's still going to be very grounded. And I think, I think it's just somebody getting vengeance Revenge. for, Revenge. Yeah. for Annie. Now, who that person is, I have no idea, but somebody yeah. I think is, is taking people out or, you know, took those people out because they had some direct involvement mm -hmm. uh, with that in some sort of limited capacity. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I wouldn't have, I didn't think that, um, I guess what throws me off now, this could be the person you're talking about if this is what the case is, mm -hmm. but like in the beginning when the delivery guy comes into the base looking yeah. for the people and we see like a shadow of someone walking inside of the building and we don't ever find out who that person is or if it's a person or anything. So I, I wonder if that could be your, your like the, the killer person. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like they were just maybe getting something from the scene or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? That's yeah. possible. And they, might, and they might pull one of those things where it's someone, you know, close to everything mm -hmm. and they're going to like, you know, tease it and build up to it towards the end where it's like, oh, is this person the whole time who's getting yeah. vengeance? And, you know, I don't know. But Very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I guess with What's me, I, I've uncovered so many things in my research. So that's, I, yeah, that's a difference. Like you've done a lot more research I than I have. So I'm basing so, it really off of just what I've seen yeah, in the episode. But so I don't really know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <coughs> My bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't really know um, how I really feel, I guess, yeah. how it could go. But because we have, like, the evidence of, like, the possibility of it being connected to season one mm -hmm. and there being, like, this cult involvement, I think it's probably not really, like, supernatural in the sense of, um, like, ghosts or yeah. spirits or whatever, but maybe, like, an occult type thing. Mm -hmm. And um, being that we don't find out who is funding the Salal place, I personally think it probably is connected to whomever was the, behind the whole thing in season one. But I don't know how that plays into all the other small pieces either, though. Okay, so so you're thinking season one will will play a heavy part, in at the least into the story. basis of like the cult thing being involved, because, yeah. but only because of the symbol, because it's a very the same exact symbol that was okay. on the bodies in season one. Okay, so I think they'll have some sort of connection. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure how Annie plays into this unless they're because you know the researchers are there to try to find something in the ice. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm I can assume that. Maybe they found something that does something crazy or whatever. And maybe she was witnessing too. to that. And, you know, maybe that's how she got involved some yeah, way. Yeah, because they're basically like they're, they're a research facility. Yeah. And with, if you compare it to real life, like when they're out there looking at ice stuff, they're like trying to see like stuff that existed, you know, yeah. back, way back in time. Right. And 
It's from some maybe there's like some organisms, something and like that, right? Weird stuff like that. Yeah. I so I mean, it could get weird. It could get. I weird. I don't think it would, but I think that would be interesting. You if know, it got weird. <laughs> you never yeah. know. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to the journey of uncovering all the pieces. Yeah. I think this would be, like I said, I was not expecting to enjoy this as much as I have, but yeah. I'm excited about episode two. And I did, like I said, listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and uh, even um, a couple of interviews of Jody and um, Kaylee together. And they're all talking about episode six, which is the last episode. So I'm super oh, like they're hyping up. Like super six. hyping it up. Oh, like it's wow. like that's their their favorite episode ever. So Damn. I'm assuming okay. because we get all the the details of what's actually well, yeah, everything reveals yeah, itself. So because yeah. Yeah, yeah, once the reveal happens, it's, yeah. that's when you're like, whoa, right? Like, this shit is crazy. But yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah. anyways, um, just to close out the conversation, I do want to reference like the real life aspects of the show, which mm-hmm. is like these stories are based off real stories, like in missing indigenous women. That's mm-hmm. a, a very big problem even here but also in places small and remote like Ennis and they don't get their stories told yeah and that's very true um like they deal with a lot of the same kind of things we saw witnessed in episode one like alcoholism um people struggling because of being in remote places and mm-hmm. have have not having like access to the things that need to have access to so right. I thought that her incorporating all of these things into the show is really good. Even using actors who are indigenous to these areas in the show as well. That's cool. Yeah. I think so. it's always cool if you're going to actually be playing, you know, you know, people of like specific cultures and stuff like yeah. that. I think it's always dope when you can actually go and pull people who are actually of that culture to represent, you know, themselves. Yeah. And then actually, you know you know, have the opportunity to take on a role where right. they can really relate to and identify with and tell their story, even if it's in the background or supporting character or something. Mm-hmm. That's super dope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, huh. let me know. Um, I said how I was feeling about the next, like the uncovering of the season. Like, what are you, how are you? Yeah, you know, I've I've liked all seasons of yeah. True Detective. There's, I, did, I didn't dislike any of them. I liked all of them. I thought they were all gripping and engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh creative stories uh, especially of course season one but then uh, i really like season three a lot like because of okay well, I might because of the creative <laughs> way that they i now some people might not like the time jumping stuff but i liked it mm-hmm. like i liked seeing well, they, the different they did time jumping in um season one it wasn't i don't know if it was exactly no nah, like it the wasn't way... it wasn't to this degree yeah okay though. yeah it wasn't to like you're, you're looking at three different periods of time yeah and they're like jumping back and forth in every episode. Okay, gotcha. Right. So like he'd be telling a story like in his old self, and then it cuts back to the eighty mm-hmm. the eighty time frame and then it jumps to the ninety time frame. But you're like learning different stuff all at the same time. Um and they were able to do it in a way where like everything still made sense and everything still flowed good, even though you're looking at different aspects of the case from different time frames. Because the case kept like the case reopened mm-hmm. at different points and even in his old age it was still never fully solved. So you're seeing him deal with that. And then it still deals with like relationship stuff and social commentaries and like, it was dope. So for me, if the season is as good as the previous seasons if night country is as good as the other seasons, then I'm all on board. Cause I like the, the way they've been telling these true com stories and unraveling the mystery as the, as the series goes, goes on. And also I just think the HBO like has like the best drama series yeah, out of any networks at all, uh, out of all the networks. <laughs> so like, I think naturally like 
when there's a, whenever there's an HBO drama series, you're yeah. just kind of like, damn, like you already kind of know it's gonna be the caliber of stuff that they put out is very like prestige almost. Mm -hmm. Like you, there's never like a moment where you doubt like, okay, this is probably gonna be good. You're like, no, nah, this shit gonna be good <laughs> because they, you know, they, a lot of times use the same people or they just, you know, I don't really know how they manage like the talent of writers and performers and you know production crews and stuff but they be they always be on point over on hbo so uh, i'm looking forward to the rest of the season to see how things play out i'm really curious to see how they're going to juggle the the supernatural stuff versus the reality stuff how how weird and fantastical it might get like i want to see what they do with that um and ultimately like i'm ready to start like getting the pieces of the yeah. puzzle because one thing i will say is that i've seen all the seasons but i never i never even with season one i never watched it like weekly I always watched it like after the season was already fully done. Yeah. So I've never had the experience of like, damn, I gotta, I gotta wait for the next <laughs> the next week. Like yeah. at least with True Detective, I never had that experience because I always watched it after the season completed. Yeah. Um. So this would be new to like really be in the community okay. and like everyone's thinking. Yeah. Together. Everybody's thinking like everyone's trying to figure it out at the same time. Uh, and I think that I think that the nature of how social media is yeah. with like communities and stuff like that. These type of shows are really good for the zeitgeist, so to speak. Like everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to be like trying to figure this shit out. Like you've already dove down the rabbit hole. People yeah. trying to piece it together. So I think all in all, it's almost like one of those like, you know, hunt a killer games. It but is. I was thinking like about that. It's like a TV show yeah. and like a game with the community. Yeah. Like it's all. At the same time. Yeah. So if they've, if they crafted it in a, in a really good way, it's going to be fun and yep. exciting. And I look forward to seeing this mystery unravel. I'm hyped for episode two. Uh, episode one, I think was a, was a good start. And you know, as you go on, you don't only learn about like the mysteries, but you, you dive deeper into the characters and their relationships. And even like a lot of times, you know, you know me, I don't really care about drama stuff all the time. But when it's told really good, mm -hmm. you, like even that aspect of things is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I might for episode two and the rest of the season, 100%. All right. Uh, so yeah, y'all let us know, man. Like, what are y'all thinking about Night, uh, the true detective Night Country so far? Uh, you can tell that we're both, you know, big fans of it, at least from the, you know, off the rip of the first episode. Uh, let us know kind of what your theories are going into episode two and for the rest of the series. Do you think they'll get supernatural with it? Do you think they'll still ground it in reality? Uh, what are some Easter eggs and or some, you know, nuggets of information that we might have missed that maybe you know about that you can either put on our Spotify comments or on our YouTube comments. You could drop all that stuff there. But, you know, just join in the conversation. We want to add and contribute our thoughts to the conversation as everyone's trying to figure out you know, what's going on in night country. Uh, but if you made it this far uh, in this in this particular podcast episode, thank you so much for listening to the entire thing. We really appreciate that level of engagement and support. And we hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed doing it. Uh, but as always, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, like it, like this video over on YouTube. If you're on Spotify or Apple, make sure you, you know, give us a, a five-star rating over there. Give it a <laughs> thumbs up or whatever the platforms use. That just helps for visibility and things like that. But all in all, make sure you're following us and are subscribed to stay up to date on all things horror, y'all. Until next time, peace.